This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com. You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast, the podcast for hockey referees. Each show, we discuss the world of officiating and find out that not everything is in black and white. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Team Stripes Podcast. It is Labor Day weekend. That means it is time to drop the puck with USA Hockey, Hockey Canada, and everything else. So we are going to uh, dive right in, get going, get you guys all ready to go for the season. So with me, as always, is my co-host, Nat Swanson. What is up, my friend? Hey, buddy. How you doing? Living the dream, sir. Man, same, same. It's hard to believe that it is already Labor Day weekend. Oh, I I know. You know. I'm already uh, I'm already one tournament, one USA, you know, AAA tournament into the season. Feels like we were just talking. It was just March and April, we we're you know, or in June, we were talking about uh, all of the the summer camps and all that kind of stuff. I know. Where did the time go? <sighs> we just never have enough. Oh no, never. The uh, yeah. and it's funny. The off season really never ended for me. Because once uh, AAU College Nationals was over, I was already starting to get ready for, okay, moving forward, what do we have to do here? Um, collecting information. We had a floor, like a leadership group meeting for Florida and Georgia. Um, sent out a survey to all the guys that worked for us last year to collect, hey, are you working this year? Like build, you know, fill out the survey so I can build the distro list and all that. I know my College Hockey South guys are sick of seeing emails from me. Um, It's been nonstop the last few weeks between getting registration and all that stuff. And then we had a Zoom call last night uh, with all the information for the season. Oh, man, it's just been go, go, go. And now here we are, Labor Day weekend. I got two games tomorrow night, 16. I think I got two 16A games tomorrow night. And then we roll into the other stuff the rest of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, throw teaching seminars on top of that, right? We've had uh, mm-hmm. up here, we, we've done our level one seminars up here. We've got another one to come around just to, around the bend, uh, go into our own seminar. I think I did mine just last night. I think there were 90 or 100 guys on the that one Zoom call. So it's it just insane, right? Uh, yep. So everyone's getting back and in, in, into the swing of things. Of course, all of the IT stuff, USA Hockey is having just, yeah, they're just struggling this year with the with the IT stuff, but yeah, which uh, is which is unfortunate. And I know yeah. um, they've been trying. Um, I've had many of talks with uh, Ken Reinhard, trying to put the message out, like, "Hey, here's what's going on. Be patient." Obviously, we got the level one thing resolved, so they're all good there. The game report system's been up and down. They're getting that resolved. It um. It, it sucks, um, but just like anything else, IT is IT, and being someone that works in IT, it's definitely, um, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a thing. So for our USA Hockey listeners, just be patient. Right. It'll all get fixed. The sky is not falling. It'll all get taken care of. Okay, um, you'll get your card in your crest, and uh, I mean, if you can't submit a game report, it's not the end of the world, right? No. Like local, The local area... Um, whether it be your state governing body or local area or the ranks, they'll they'll come up with a way to to get in game reports. So it's um it's a little more work on our end, but just remember what we used to do before we had the online system, right? Like yeah. filling out paper game reports. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, yeah, emailing or just emailing the five W's to your local supervisor, right? Like that's yep. that's just as easy. Hey, I called this, who, what, where, when, why. Um yeah. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're getting into the season. I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's something that, that we're ready to do. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's just been an overall interesting off season. I know we had a lot of guys with the, the summer camp stuff. We had a lot of participants there. I know for me here in Tampa, like we've picked up a lot of officials. Um, my roster for college and juniors is like 30 deep. Oh, wow. 
I mean, so that's now good. I, I have more referees than I have games, which is a good problem to have. Right. Because in most places, it's more games than referees, so I'm certainly not complaining there. Right, right, um, right. Let's see. We yeah, have... We had, oh, oh, go ahead. We had, uh, we had 28 new level ones at our level one seminar, right? I mean, which is which is good. I mean, it's now a lot of them are younger kids. Uh, mm-hmm. And unfortunately these days, you know, there's so much playing going on that we're going to struggle uh, a little bit to get some of these guys games, yep. but um, we've assigned mentors to them. I picked up three of the kids. So like I'll, you know, three or four uh, and I'll work their first couple of games with them and all that to try to try to kind of keep them in the fight. But, um, but it, you know, we're, we're growing, you know, so, and it's the same thing with us where, uh, you know, we're getting to the point where there's more, there's more officials than we have games. So now, um, you know, now we gotta, we gotta start, you know, separating folks out. Yeah. It makes sense. And uh, then, yeah. you know, it, and I almost forgot to mention this past weekend, I uh, was down in Coral Springs, Florida for the Amerigold Latam uh, cup. Yeah. A, yeah. So it's a tournament um, for Latin American countries and um, some other non IIHF countries or or countries that are working towards getting IIHF certified. Um, and it was an absolute blast. I got to work a U12 game between Brazil and Venezuela. That's cool. Which was absolutely amazing. It was a soccer crowd. All the parents were going nuts. We got yeah, a couple. Sure. We got a couple of LA chants. There were guys uh, with a uh, tambourine. Nice. Like, the whole game. It was just rowdy. It was so fun. We ended up going to overtime, and Brazil won. Um, and then I worked um, Chile versus Mexico in a women's game. Okay. So that nice. was also very interesting. Yeah. To obviously non-traditional hockey markets. Right. Um, and the, the caveat to the tournament, like um, you either have to like have a passport or be able to say that like either your parents or your grandparents are from these countries. Okay. Um, so the Mexico Chile game was fun. And then I worked the, uh, the top division. I, I refereed the consolation game between Mexico and Lebanon. Wow. Um, really? Yeah, definitely. Well, that's that cool. was, yeah, that was super interesting. Um, and then the championship game, I got to go out there and, and do my thing as a linesman. Always fun. Nice. Yes. Um, worked with, um, oh my God, Jordan Crable, Alex Valvo and, uh, Nick Galvin. Uh, me and uh, Nick lined the game together. Um, and the championship game was Greece versus Argentina. Oh, wow. Um, well, that's a cool, I mean, that's, yeah, they'll talk about like non-traditional. It's cool to see non-traditional hockey, you know, hockey countries, like hockey areas, you know, Greece, Yep. Greece, Argentina, you know, being able to put together essentially a national team to compete in South Florida. That's awesome. Yeah, it was so cool. Argentina won in double overtime. Uh, the goal is actually on uh, on Flow Hockey because they uh, they stream most of the tournament. So that was it. Was neat. It was definitely a, a very cool experience. Uh, Sammy Klein, who we had on the podcast a long time ago, uh, probably about two years ago now. She is the referee in chief for the Amerigol Latam Association, and uh, oh, she cool. brings in she brings in referees. Um, from all over the place, we we had a stacked crew, as far as lots of D one, lots of um, pro guys, um, and girls. We had a few female officials there that all worked Division one, or uh, just high level women's hockey in general. So again, just an uh, just an outstanding weekend, an amazing crew. Um, we just we had a blast. We were at an Airbnb together. So you can, uh, no, no stories will, no stories will yeah. be here to uh, not incriminate anybody, but it was, um, it was a riot to say. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, that sounds really awesome. That's the kind of stuff that sticks with you. Right. Cause that's just, oh, absolutely. that's the game for the, the sport of it. Right. I mean, that's, yep. There, there's no, you know, there's nothing else. There's, there's no other than just pure, Hey, let's come together to competition. Let's skate. 
have a good time, you know, represent, you know, folks get to represent their country. You get to represent yours wearing the stripes, right? I mean, that's, um, yeah. Yeah, it was was just an absolute blast. I, I honestly, like, I'm already looking forward to the tournament next year. Um, Yeah. There, we had some ideas tossing around, like maybe running a like a referee clinic um, for anyone that's at the tournament that would be interested. Um, and if obviously, like if they're American citizens, um, getting them set up with USA Hockey or uh, citizen or green card or you know if, as long yeah. or whatever, um, you know, getting them set up with either USA Hockey or trying to figure out how they can you know referee wherever they're what from wherever they're from. Right. Um, potentially doing sweaters for the for the event. Like I don't know, just lots of ideas, lots of potential. Um, the whole organization is awesome. Um, and then while I was there, I ran into uh, the gentleman that is uh, that runs AAU College Hockey. Um, he had a good talk. Got introduced uh, to a gentleman from the NHL. Um, he was really cool. He asked me some good questions. Um. I hope I provided good enough uh, answers for him. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. You know, like I, I don't, I don't work his three-letter league, so I mean, I can only, you know, say what I can about the grassroots levels and stuff. Right. So, but no, it was cool. It was just an overall um, outstanding experience, and I'm looking forward to doing it again. And then, yeah. so now, like obviously, it's it's Labor Day. Um, we are on the USA Hockey side in year three now of this current rule book yeah you know with the competitive contact the you know no more finishing your checks um the uh i'll just the the current rule change or the well, i shouldn't say rule changes at this point they're now right, we've been playing the with them. yeah the current yeah, rule. the rules um from your end what have you seen the last two seasons and now having worked last weekend from where the game was to where the game is like, what, you know, it's interesting, you, you know, it's interesting because I've, I've seen a few things. One, I still, I think at the, at the lower levels, um, uh, you're seeing a lot more, uh, you're seeing a lot more skill play, you're seeing a lot more puck play, uh, less big checks, right. Less physicality. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I, you know, I still think, especially just after this weekend, um, I still think that if if USA Hockey wants to have uh, have this standard play throughout all levels, I think that they're going to have a um, they're going to have a tough time, right? Because as folks have gotten into the AAA level, you get the sixteen, the eighteen year olds, right? So, so the kids that are junior age but aren't playing junior hockey, yeah. um, and I think that's where. And and we'll talk a little bit about this with with some of the stuff that we want to talk about later. But I think that it's one of those things where where we as referees are starting to fall into we're refereeing the game to make sure it's fair, um, and we're calling the game the way the the, the kids want to play it to a, to an extent, right? Like you can't let kids fight, you know. Like that's that's yeah. you know. But but we're we're well we're we're calling the game the way USA Hockey wants it called. Cr- is yes, where we're at. Not right. necessarily the way that the coaches and players want to play the game, right? And and what we should be doing, right? And I think that's, um, but but I think it's still a struggle. I think it's still something that's tough to do, um, you know, at the U eighteen AAA level when you've got players that um, that could very easily be playing in the USHL or the NA, right? But they're yeah. still playing youth hockey instead, right? That exceed. I would say their capabilities exceed the rule book that they're they're playing under. Yeah. You know? Oh, absolutely. Um, and and that's that's hard, right? That, that's really hard to call that um to call the game that way. However, I will say that the players are making it easier for us because they're generally not, you know, there's not a check, there's not a finishing check on every play. There's not any of that kind of stuff. What I yeah. saw, I saw a lot more kind of skill play. Um and it's early in the season, right? So we all have stuff to work on, and, and that's something that, uh, well, and I, you know, the USA hockey rules are forcing forcing them to become smarter hockey players. Like, I would agree. I would agree you know, and and you really see it in the um, the fifteen U, like yep. the specific fifteen U bracket. Like, I know last year I did a few of those games, and it was like, okay, 
I see this, I see what they're doing. And then eventually as more and more of those, those 15 U players get to the USHL, like yeah. it's slowly going to turn into what it is now at the youth level right. where we're not getting those finishing checks and all that stuff. Now it's still going to be there, but right. it, it's definitely going to end up changing junior hockey on, on the American side of things anyway. Right. You know, you know, one of the things that I think was uh, was noticeable um, was a better presence, a kind of better knowledge of the neutral zone presence. And I'll put it that way, right? Because you, you can't dump the puck well, yeah, anymore. Yeah, you know, the regrouping and, and right, all that. And all that, all that kind of stuff. And, and as a result, also, it made the game harder to to um, to referee three man because there's a lot more turnovers in neutral zone. So you've yeah. got to be a better skater. Like that's. That's that's something that anybody. I'm surprised who, you guys are doing it three. Like, yeah, no, that's four now. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's all three. Um, and and I think that's good, right? Because it even puts an old guy like me on the ice with a bunch of eighteen year olds, and I'm I'm skating up and down <laughs> the ice. And oh um, yeah, don't get me wrong, I still love doing my three man games. Yeah, like I love it, right? It's, but it's great exercise. Yeah, uh, if not for anything else. It's just great exercise. But it's something that anybody who kind of aspires out there to say, hey, I want to work three men, I want to work these, just realize like you got to be able to skate well. You got to be able to keep up. Yep. Um, uh, especially because, you know, things that are forgivable on August 25th are not forgivable on January 3rd, right? Like that's, that's just absolutely not true. You know, so. Um, but Difference it was between a, a preseason tournament and uh, end of the season playoff push. Right. Yeah. You know, and we had good teams. We had teams. Uh, we had uh, the sports Academy from uh, up in new England, kind of new Hampshire area. We had team Wisconsin, team, Illinois, uh, the Nashville junior predators, man. They, they, they came out that strong. Program's man. unreal, ain't it? Dude, I, 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 they're doing big things in like, Nashville. Like not only from a, like a player standpoint, but from just from talking with the coaches on the ice and on the bench, you know, in between periods, mm -hmm. um, those guys know hockey. And, and I think that's going to be. Well, yeah, you're not getting the country bumpkins anymore down in Nashville, you know, behind the bench coach in hockey. We're getting legitimate people that have moved there. Right. And yes. with the success of the Predators and their community development and growth, um, you know, it's not the same old South anymore. No, no, not at all. Like, and, and I think that, so, you know, my hat is off to that, to that organization because, you know, I think they were the just the standout um between the u the u 14 level right that bantams there between the u 14 15 16s and 18s i think they were the standout organization between you know all of the um all of the other kind of organizations that were there we're talking honey baked we're talking you know schwans we're talking little caesars all that kind of stuff so uh which is cool but i think that's um a non-traditional kind of hockey a non-traditional well, hockey, you know, town. And, and honestly, we can't even call some of these markets non-traditional hockey markets anymore. Cause let's be honest, right. The Preds have been in Nashville since 98. Yeah. yeah so it's 25 years. Um, the Tampa Bay lightning yeah. have been in Tampa 30 since, years. Yeah. Yeah. Since the early nineties. Like, right. Uh, the Panthers have been in Miami's or Fort Lauderdale since 1993 as well. I think, I think they're coming up on, yeah, they're, I think this year's their 30th year. Yeah. The, the freaking mighty ducks yeah they put down their uh it's funny they put down um their new center ice logo and i i want to say it's like mighty ducks fly together is on on one of the <laughs> one of the parts which i thought was great 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 movies right because love it yeah we all know that ducks fly together <laughs> yeah yeah but that, um, I, I don't really like that term anymore non-traditional hockey market because let, let's like some of these places um Another example would be like Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah. Like they had a division one hockey team for a very long time. Yeah. They currently do not due to lack of funding, but they have a minor league team there in Huntsville. That's been there forever. Yeah. The Havoc Pen have been there. Yeah. yeah. Pensacola, well, Florida, same thing right? between yeah. the ice flyers and the ice pilots 30 yeah. years plus. So, yeah. um, I think that's well, kind of a, almost a dated term at this point. Yeah, you know, like, and I mean, there was one point when I think Texas had more hockey teams than any other state or province in Canada, right? Between, yep. I mean, if you just between look at the, the pro, the hockey, pro hockey, yeah, for sure. Yeah, right, between all the leagues. So, 
Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, man. I think that it's something that that. Um... And then you got the referees coming out of the south. That uh, you know, we, we had a guy a couple of years ago get to the show. So right. right. Well, I mean, you know, well, you got the last couple of Americans uh, that went to the show are not from, you know, uh, the normal places. The, the normal places, right? You know, we're talking uh, New Mexico and and Florida, and you know, yep. that's so. So yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, I think that's I, I tend to agree with you. Where to say a non-traditional hockey city, there really isn't one. Oh, uh, peppers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, or do you? I mean, at this point, you could almost say, well, Edmonton's not a non-traditional. You know, yeah. <laughs> they're not. They're a non-traditional hockey town at this point because they don't have an NHL team. But yeah, Ooh, the Oilers. Well, I mean, you know, well, not, you know. They got a couple of good players. Just a few, right? Um. Anyway, um, but no, like, and, and as we get going, like, I know down here, the first year of the rule change, right, we struggled. I think, oh, my God, that first weekend we had so many game misconduct penalties. It wasn't even funny. Um, I have seen, I will say, I have seen. It's, it's fallen huge, off. Right, like a huge decrease in the amount of two and ten the, just the plays that would yep. result in a two and 10 or five a game, right? The boardings, the chargings, yeah. the checking from behind, like, like those that were called that I saw this weekend at the triple a level, they were, they fall under the blatantly obvious category. It yep. was like, it was so far out of left field. I'm getting excited here because it was so yeah. far out of left field. I think, so I think these rules have really, really helped that regard, you know, those kind of dangerous plays. Uh, if someone, had a hard check it was a hard check but it wasn't a dangerous one yeah um, makes sense yeah absolutely makes sense so well i i think we got kind of a good segue there into um uh something that we're going to start doing so nat and i have had this idea for a little while um kind of kicking around teaching some of the things that might not necessarily get taught in seminars anymore or um, just some of the stuff that, you know, we kind of grew up learning. Um, and we know, we know our audience, we know that, you know, the levels of, of hockey we're working. And I think as we progress through this series of things that we're going to do, um, we can certainly add, if anything, a, a couple more tools to each referee's toolbox who listens. Yeah. So um, tonight we're going to cover like an advanced judgment. Uh, topic where we're kind of talking about you know your our higher levels of hockey or honestly even down to the grassroots right like we can still we can still apply some of this stuff so let me go ahead and get this set up real quick yeah and, and i just want to mention like this is not something to replace any you know anything else this is just hey nat and ross is like you know been around for a while uh, you know, we have, we have friends who are way better officials than we are. Ain't that um, the truth? <laughs> you know, uh, that, uh, that just as, as we continue in the circles and talk about, Hey, what, what is being taught now and what isn't and and some of the stuff is, is, uh, you know, is it maybe, um, may think, Oh yeah, well, we'll know, duh. But, but at the same time, when was the last time anybody really thought about some of this stuff? So, yeah. Uh, I so, like it. Yeah. All right. So the first thing we're going to talk about, um, this one's a big one, right? Um, yeah. What are the four criteria of a penalty? Yeah. You know, and, and this, this is one of those, and I can't speak to hockey Canada, but I will say that, uh, the USA hockey, I'm really disappointed that the USA hockey, um, you know, uh, online modules don't talk about this, right? Cause yep. this ultimately, why are we putting our arm up? Like, why are we stopping play? Uh, and putting someone in the penalty box. It, and it's it's four criteria and they're simple, right? I mean, change possession, right? So did did that illegal act cause a change of possession? Um, did it cause loss of a scoring opportunity, legitimate scoring opportunity, right? Could someone have an opportunity to score a goal and they can't now? Um, was it blatantly obvious? Did everybody in the building see it? And this is one of those that yeah. Sometimes the dad in the stands throwing his arm up. <laughs> right. You know, and not only the dad in the stands, but the mom next to him, right? And both benches are like, yeah, you know, this is the one where you got to call. I had one of these this weekend. I didn't want to call it. A, a, you know, it was one of those, 
because it didn't meet the change possession, loft scoring opportunity, or, or the fourth one we'll talk about here. But everybody in the building saw it. The guy just knocked a guy's stick out of his hands. And so instead of having essentially a four-on-one breakout, they had a three-on-one breakout. Does that does that negate a scoring opportunity? Absolutely not, right? You got three-on-one, yeah. you know, but everybody in the building saw it. Absolutely. So you got to call it, right? Yep. Um, and then that last one, you know, injury potential, uh, reckless, reckless endangerment. Yep. You know, that's what USA Hockey likes to call it now. Um, it it's the same thing. It's just that's the that's yeah. the holy shit. That's a penalty, right? And I think reckless endangerment is is actually a better. Um, I think it's it's more concise verbiage. I, I will give USA Hockey credit for that one because injury potential. Yeah, we can say, well, they could have gotten hurt, but really it's, you know, or did they get hurt? But really it's like, hey, man, were they just completely reckless, right? You know, yeah. it's, it's, think, it's the reckless driving penalty. You know, it's the, dude, you're you're driving 115 miles an hour, changing lanes down the highway. You're going to kill yeah, someone. Yeah, no, this, this, ain't, this ain't going to fly. Right, you know. So. All right, so now, so here we go. We're going to talk about the box. Well, the... This is a tool that we used to work or used to use in our seminars. Um, so basically, we have our never a penalty, sometimes a penalty, always a penalty, right? So yeah. outside of the box, it's white, you know, it's not a penalty. Um, then we have our gray area, our sometimes a penalty stuff. And then we have the in the box, always a penalty. You're always going to call it every time you see it. Right. So, um, I think further in, I have I have a uh, kind of a little more on this, but yeah. like our never penalty stuff, right? It's going to be our legal body checks, stick on stick, angling, competitive contact, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Are sometimes a penalty, right? So, like a hook. Did it? Was there an impact? Yeah. Did it keep going. Right. If he gets them one time, there's really no impact on the player. If it's like a ticky tack call, do we have to call it? Right. Not necessarily. It's, or, it's, that, it's that slash, right? It's that, you know, hey, yeah, they swing the stick and hit the guy. Yeah. yeah. Was was it a stick check? It might have been. Was it off? Well, the, we're talking lo yeah. lower third of the stick, right? Stick right, on yeah. Stick. Yeah, stick on stick, right? And that's that's never a penalty, right? But now you start getting a little higher, not on the hands. Maybe, maybe it was on someone's shin pads, right? You know, it's yep. kind of one of those. You know, in a squirt game, Mike game, yeah, absolutely, right? Yep. We're starting, but as we start getting advanced, we start talking about, hey, is that a penalty here? Maybe, right? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, yeah. And then our always a penalty box, which is, uh, you know, the easy stuff. Head contact, right. check from behind, uh, boarding, all of that. That's, so that's our that's our box of, uh, or boxes, I should say, of, of where we're going to put things that happen throughout the game. Or yeah. should I say, should I say container since you're an Air Force pilot? Uh, no, I no, I grew, I, no, I grew up in the Marine Corps, so we, I still say box just to piss off all the Air Force guys. <laughs> just to piss any, off the Air Force guys. Yeah, any Air Force vets out there will completely like their. We say box, and their heads are gonna, their heads They're are gonna, gonna roll. Yeah. Nope, nope. It is a container, <laughs> and it is not a head nod. It's a cranium nod. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So uh, continuing on our levels of judgment. So we got never a penalty, right? Like I previously said, stick on puck, legal body checks, angling, the competitive contact terminology, right? right. That, that we're using in USA hockey, which is just two guys going to the puck, battling for the puck. And their sole purpose is to try to get possession of the puck. Yeah. That's, you know, guys scrumming in the corner or whatever, like it's competitive contact. Now, the nice thing about hockey is we do have some black and white calls. Now I put icing at the top because icing is a weird one. Icing can be a judgment call. We all know that, but for the most part, it is pretty black and white. You know, yeah. icing up in when the puck gets shot down the ice. You know, my arm go up, play, then stop, stop, then start up again. Right there, you go. And yeah, for those of you perfect. that get the reference, good, good on you. <laughs> right. If you don't, go watch your hockey movies. Yep. Uh, yeah. Offside is offside, right? Yeah. Um, and it's offside. It's not offsides. It's just yeah. offside. It's um, uh, now granted at the NCAA and and uh, some levels of pro hockey, right? We can break the plane of the blue line with our foot because they have video replay. Yeah. But anywhere else, if their foot's not touching the ice, it's offside, and it's just right. that simple. Yeah. A goal. A goal is black and white. It's either all the way across the goal line or it's not. Yeah. 
Um, and it went in before the whistle blew or not, right? For most of the, for most of the leagues out there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, puck out of play. It left the ice surface. Blow the whistle. Yeah. Uh, face-off locations are black and white. Yeah, this this is one that I see a lot of. Um, oh, it drives me nuts when people get face-off uh, locations you wrong. You know, face-off locations wrong or or as it, you know, we fall into offsides. And I think one of the most overcalled penalties that we have is intentional offsides. Intentional offside. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that's one. Um, we're not going to go into that for this one. That, no. could, that could be a whole other thing. Just oh no, we are it. we yeah. are going to definitely do a linesmaning um, yeah. episode because sure. behind every decent referee are two really at, at, good at linesmen. Two really good linesmen, right? <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah, you know. So, but that's just one to think about. Like, you know, if I think anyway, we need to move on. Yeah. Yeah. So then we got our sometimes a penalty, right? So yeah. stick fouls, your hooks, your slashes um lower third of the stick on the hands like yeah you know a hook sometimes if the guy skates through it and there's no impact to the play because let's also be honest we have to call our impact penalties if we're out there calling every single little touch of the hands on the opponent like uh, like we're going to be there we'll be i'd still be roughing a game from last season right so we yep. have that uh, interference. You know, sometimes it's a penalty. Like, did he get in his way on purpose, or did he get in his way not on purpose? And I and, think you talk about your impact penalties. Interference is the impact penalty, right? Like, yep. that's the did it did that have an impact? If it didn't have an impact on the play, that's really hard. You know, or or a developing play, right? That's kind of hard to call. Yep. And then roughing. I mean, you know what roughing is when it is a penalty. Um, sometimes it can be. And then the other thing, too, that the reason why I put interference and roughing on here, too many people misuse calling interference. Interference is like a pick or preventing a player to getting from getting to a spot on the ice, not a body check that happened away from the puck. Right. Um, maybe at the higher levels, that's a little different. But when we're talking grassroots stuff, um, call a rough or rough, call a hit away yep. from the puck or rough. So then. Yep we'll move on into always a penalty. So this is our flagrant and obvious injury potential or reckless body check it pot uh, body checks given for the purpose of intimidation, not to separate the player from the puck or gain possession of the puck. Mm -hmm. That's just the blow up hits that all they care about is, you know, either hurting the guy or intimidating them. Right. And then we have fouls that have an impact on the play. Uh, foul that causes change of possession or change of control of possession or control or a foul that causes a loss of a legitimate scoring opportunity. Yeah. Right. It's easy. So, yeah, we, um, it's easy. We're, we're sitting here, you know, <laughs> you know, we're sitting here uh, at our desks hanging out, but yeah, yep. it, it sounds so easy. And then, so we take all of these levels of judgment, right. And now we're going to apply them like the standards of play from whether it be USA hockey, hockey, Canada, the NCAA, uh, ACHA, AAU college hockey, uh, the fed all the way to the show. Right. Yeah. So we want to follow our standard to play initiatives given out or our standards of enforcement given out by our governing bodies. Um, and the biggest thing of, of these standards, right. We want to reward skilled players by not allowing their opponent to gain a competitive advantage through the use of an illegal action or intimidating tactics right because if we're that that's really why we're calling penalties because the you know the guy that doesn't have the puck is trying to gain an illegal competitive advantage on their opponent and then boom now we have a penalty i love how simple that is right like that's you know well, and we end up in cases too where guys sometimes make the game harder than it is, and they do it to themselves. I mean, I've done it. I've done it to. My, I've definitely done that to myself, right? I mean, how many phantom penalties have you called? You know, uh, right? Whether whether you're bored on a on a beer league game, whether it's mm-hmm. you know, or sometimes your arm just goes up without yep. you thinking about it, and then while your arm's up, you're like. I'm not you want to that. saw your arm off, right? Yeah. And it's or like, you do the old, oh, big stretch. 
Yeah. And then I'm the arm comes my, back I'm down. Put the arm back down. Didn't that happen in it? That happened in an NHL game a couple seasons ago where someone and, put their arm up and then and put it down. back down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I that's think a, it did. That, that doesn't. Uh, but I mean, we've, we've yeah. all done it. We've all been right. there. Yeah. And then, or the, you know what? Maybe get with your partner and, hey, guys, you know how in, in football that, you know, they're allowed to pick up that little yellow flag and say, oh, hey, we messed up. There's no infraction. I may or may not have done that a few times. In the yeah, we're not career. supposed to. We're not supposed to. No, we're not supposed to. But, you know, you know, for the integrity of the game, like if you have something yeah, that like, yeah, I, I remember a play specifically uh, with Sidney Crosby going around behind the net and the guy just blew a tire. Yeah. And then um, one of the referees calls a trip. And then the crew got together and they told, hey, you can <laughs> you can come out of the box now because uh <laughs> Every the the three of them said you fell on or the guy fell on the blue on the goal line. I thought you fell on the guy's stick, so or on whatever. But yeah. yeah, it's just one of those things, right? Like and going on with that, so now we have consistency, right? Yeah. Um, the ability to make the same judgment call instinctively throughout the game, game to game, all season long. So when we're seeing this. Go ahead. This is hard. This is hard. It it no. really is, especially for those of us that work different rule books and different mm -hmm. standards. So like like this weekend, right? Like USA hockey hat on. Mm -hmm. I gotta go, you know, no late hits, no high hits. If this if the blade of the stick is above the knee, it's automatically a roughing penalty. Mm -hmm. Um next weekend. You know, college club starts. So now we go to the NCAA mentality. Right. You know, you're allowed to finish your check. If your stick's up right. and you deliver the check, no big deal. Because as long as your purpose is to separate the player for the puck, it's not a penalty. Right. Whereas in USA hockey, the purpose, the you have to be making an attempt to play the puck. Right. right. Yeah. So your consistency, right, is achieved from game experience, knowledge of the rule book. And understanding that decision criteria of what is and what isn't a penalty. Mm -hmm. And that criteria are the four things we mentioned right off the rip of this. Yep. Um, and then it's also a, a quality of a good official, right? Um, if you want to stand out from your peers in this, consistency will make or break you. Um, and two, like when you have a bad game, how are you going to recover from it? Yeah. So, okay. yeah, you know, and I think the consistency thing, uh, you know, if you are consistent in your calls, right, you don't have to call the same game. Like Ross and I don't have to call the same game. But if we're consistent in how we make those calls to a, to ourselves, um, I mean, that's something that supervisors are going to want to know. And, and they like to know, right? Ross, when, if you're scheduling a game, you like to know, hey, if I when I put this person on, this is the kind of game I know what's going to happen, you know. Yep. Um, now, now you that has to still fit within the rule book. You can't just say, "Oh, I'm a I'm a throw the rule book guy," you know, throw throw the rule book out the window guy, and I'm just going to call it by the seat of my pants. Um, there are very, very, very few people, if anybody, who can do that and be successful, yep. you know. Um, but just being consistency with your own, having consistency with your own calls, I think, is really important. And then, it's it's hard, you know. It, that is oh, hard. It is. That's a hard part of officiating. Yep, and it's the pattern of penalty and uh, it's the pattern of penalties and enforcement standards that the referee sets to show or tell the players and coaches and fans what's going to be allowed that night and what's not. Yeah. Right. We're we're setting that standard, which I believe goes into our next the next part of this topic. Right. So right. Yeah. first call of the game, like, isn't that the, one of the most important ones? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I hate is the first call of the game? Interference. Interference or too many men on the ice. <laughs> yep. You know, I so that's really funny because I had both of those this last weekend. Oh my god. And I was like, oh, I hate this call, right? Yep. A, a, a purely black and white call is your first call of the game. Yeah. That's hard to recover from. Um I don't say recover, it's just hard to keep going, right? Because yeah. you you know well and and right, because like too many men can often fall in the sometimes a penalty category right because if there's no advantage gained yeah they had six guys out there but two of them were going down the ice on a two-on-one 
and the guys behind the bay behind the play flubbed the line change. Yeah. You know, the six guys started skating towards the play and then turned around. Right. right. So there are times when too many men on the ice isn't necessarily always a penalty. Yeah. Sometimes it's not because, oh crap, bad line change, get back off the ice. Right. I agree. So agree. with your first call, like do your best to make it one of those like impact or always a penalty type calls. Um, loss of scoring opportunity, change of possession, um, you know, that blatantly obvious stuff. And then when we're starting the game too, if we start the game tight, it's so much easier to loosen your standard as the game goes on than it is to tighten it. Right. Because the later we go on the season, the more the games mean, the less we want to be in the way. Mm-hmm. Especially if, you know, we're getting to the point where guys are battling for playoff spots. Um, you know, we kind of know what's going on with the teams and the season. So if, if we're getting a game where we're going up and down the ice, maybe we don't have to do anything. Right. Which leads into throughout the game, we're taking the temperature and assessing how our game is going and adjust. You know, you're going to, sometimes you're going to get out there with two teams that have never seen each other and it's just going to turn into a track meet and we're going to go up and down the ice. We're going to play five on five for 56 of the 60 minutes. Right. And then other times we're going to see teams that have played each other eight games in a row, absolutely can't stand each other. And in the first period, we have three line brawls and a goalie fight. Right. Which so, is, you know, and both games are fun for different reasons. Yep. You know, and, and and I think you're bringing up a good point here when you say take the temperature, right? So this is, and this is something that Ross and I were talking about this kind of before, but this is something that, um, you know, you and I were talking about uh, uh, before, but it, it has to do with, is it a fir- the, the penalty that happens in the first period you know, is it always a penalty in the second now in the third period as well? And the answer is sometimes you might have one of those games, the yeah. younger games, the lower skilled games. Absolutely. Right. Uh, because yep. you're teaching. But as you get into the higher levels, um, it, 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 it the, the the game changes and it may change from one minute to the next. It will change from one period to the next. Um, so. As long as you're staying on top of what you need to call. Yep. You know. So and like I have in the notes here, right? If you have a game, we're going up and down the ice. The players are playing hard and there's no reason to interject. Stay out of it. Yeah. No reason. You know what? Yeah, let's say we're going up and down the ice. You got a ticky tack little hook. Didn't really have an impact. Whatever. Just just keep playing. Just play through it. Just mm-hmm. keep on going. Now, on the opposite end, right? If the temperature of the game starts to rise maybe it's time to reel him back in a little bit and call an impact penalty. Yeah. Or maybe you get something after the whistle. Right. Or, you know, like obviously if we start with a game that the temperature's high, one of my favorite things that I get to sit in the room for um, when I'm working coast games is one of our supervisors, Ryan Murphy down in uh, South Florida. And one of the first things he'll tell every referee is, you know, when you get that first scrum of the game, it's one of those, okay, there's your one. But if it happens again, somebody's going. And you might not like who it is. So then we're going to wheel by the bench. Hey, guys, that's our one scrum. We're not doing this all night. I'm going to take a guy to the box, and you might not like it. And you tell both benches that. Yeah. And then the next scrum you have, guess what you do? You pick a guy. Send him to the yeah. box. And guess what's not going to happen the rest of the game? A scrum. Right. So... You know, if the temperature starts to rise, there's a tool in your toolbox. Tell the coaches, hey, somebody's going. I'm just going to pick. Yeah. And then that also leads to always take a differential. There's no point in sending them two by two to the box. This isn't Noah's Ark, right? right. We don't we don't need we don't need one animal or two of each animal going to the box. Right. Yeah. It, 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 I avoid it at all costs right because that's one of those things where it doesn't send the right message you know it it doesn't calm things down it's just sometimes you got to do it yeah in a youth game if you can get a four and a two do that you know get the get the guy in the box on the the get the one guy on both teams but get the guy that was a little worse give him the four but let the other guy know hey you're not going to do that Excuse me. 
um, further up in the levels, you're just going to take the guy, take differential. See you later. Let's just move on. Your team's shorthanded. Sorry about it. Don't do it again. And you'll always hear that. Yeah, but he, it's like, yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're not, you know. and, and never play the what if or the yeah, but, or yeah. any of those games on the ice, right? We, that's not what we're here to do. No. Um, this one's a little wordy, but communication. Now, how many times has being a good communicator as a referee saved your ass? Um, uh, about as a million, right? I mean, yep. every game, probably once or twice a game. Uh, dude, this is something that just you gotta you gotta talk to players. You gotta know how to talk to players. You gotta know how to like keep the emotion out of it. Um, and you gotta know who you can talk to. And then immediately, as soon as you know who you can talk to, you gotta That's build that guy. rapport, right? Yep. That's your guy, right? As referees, we talk to goaltenders and we, you know. Goalies um, and goons, baby. Yeah, exactly, right? And then, you know, linesmen, and you guys, are, as linesmen, we're on the benches, we're talking to centers. Um, I will say this, man. Know someone's name. Be, uh, this is something that took me a long time in my communication oh, development. When, when you learn players' first names yeah, and you on the ice, it's like, like perfect example was a guy that played for uh, the River Kings and for Pensacola, Leo Thomas. Yeah. Um, me and Leo were in first name basis. Like, hey, Leo, how you doing? Ross, what's up? Yeah. Right. Like, you know how easy it was to deal with him on the ice yeah. because we were on a first name basis. Yeah. And, or, and at least, yeah, at least like if someone's got the, I mean, you know, everyone's working games now. Everyone pays. Uh, even at the youth, the lowest level of the youth leagues, everyone's parents are paying to get their last name put on, you yep. know, the back of their sweater. So, uh, if their last name is Swanson, Hey Swanee, what's going on, man? You know, yep. uh, type stuff, just, just developing that, that personal relationship, you know, going over to the coaches and saying, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm Nat, uh, how's it going? Oh, I'm Nat, I'm JP, I'm Rod, you know, whatever. That's, yeah. And, and being able to use those names, man, that helps communication yeah. a lot because no longer are you, you're not just a ref, right? Oh, coach. Yeah. Now it's, you're bringing it to a human level. So that automatically is going to drop that temperature oh. down, but it's hard to do, especially, you know, I mean, if you're working a yeah. hundred games a year, 200 games a year, 300 games a year, that's a little know, different, right? That's tough. Um, but when but, you're seeing the when you're seeing the same teams over and over again, right? Like building a rapport with the players and the coaches, they know what you, you know. Like they know what you're going to do on the ice because they've seen you enough. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things to do when I was working the SP full time, like specifically like Pensacola, I'd get there early, and I'd go into um, Rod Aldoff's office, and we just sit mm -hmm. there and shoot the breeze. And then on yeah. the ice, if you know the referee was having a questionable game, he'd be like, Ross, what's this guy's problem? Like, I don't know. I don't you. know. Yeah. I don't know. You deal with it. But we I'm can just do, a linesman. Right. But we can do that at the youth level. No yeah. problem. Right. Because yep. most of the time, you know, we know the home coaches. Yeah. The, the visitor, we try to say, hey, don't, don't show too much of a uh, kind of rapport. Mm. I challenge you to build that same kind of rapport with the folks that are coming in from out of town. You know, uh, yep. if you know you have a set where it's, hey, it's a Saturday, Sunday set and you've got the same teams, I challenge you to, to learn that visiting coaches, the visiting coach's name, you know, yep. and then the next morning when you've got them, uh, you know, Hey, how was that? How was the hotel last night? Where'd you guys stay? Right. Yeah. Like, what'd you guys do last night? What'd blah, you guys blah, do whatever. last night? Yep. Yeah. You oh, know. did you guys go to such and such place? Oh, that place is really good. I've been there, you know, yeah. anything to find that common ground, show them you're a person. Right. And then, um, while we're playing, um, I have on here. Sometimes it's better to use your voice and talk talk guys through something than to call a penalty. So, like yeah. example, battle in front of the net. Sticks yeah. down, boys. Keep them down. I don't want to call a penalty on you. Yeah. Or you know, a player does something kind of marginal. Hey, twenty, come here. Hey, what's up, bro? Yeah. Do, don't do that again. You do it again, you're gonna sit. I'm right. giving you your freebie. You know that kind of stuff. Now you're like, oh, man. and now in their head they're like, oh man, this ref's cool. He's working with me. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that's one of my favorite things. You turn on my Marine voice. So, every, you know, my wife comes to most of my games and she talks about how like she can hear me. She's oh, like, you, you, you bust yeah. out the command voice out of the, the diaphragm. Yep, exactly. It's like, wow, everyone in the building can hear you. Uh, <laughs> and I like it. Right. But I also, you know, sometimes just skating back with a player. Um, 
you know, skating back with the player through a line change yep. to, to just like, Hey man, I like what you're doing there. Keep that stick blade down. I don't have to call, I don't have to call that cross check, exactly. you know, that yep. kind of stuff. And that's, that will, that builds you so much more. Uh, it it and, gives you so much more credentials, right? It gives you so much more um, authority because yeah, you're, man absolutely. you're now managing the game as opposed to just reacting to what's happening. Yep. And and so that obviously builds the the pleasant side of it, right? But yeah. now we got to worry about too the angry side. So avoid going to the benches when it turns into a hornet's nest. Okay. And what I mean by that is, you know, we just called a major penalty, or maybe we just you know called a differential, and the coach doesn't like that you picked one of his guys, who's probably one of his top players, to go sit in the box. We're not skating over to that hornet's nest when it's when it's agitated. Okay. Right. Right. So and now in some cases you're you you might have to do it. Try to avoid it at all costs. And if you do have to go over there, bring a partner. Never go yep. by yourself. If it's a two-man game, both of you go. Right. Don't go by yourself because then you could turn into a he said, she said situation, whatever. Right. Um, if you have to go in the hornet's nest, bring somebody. Um, but if you don't have to, like, if you don't absolutely have to, let's just go line up for the face off. Hey coach, we're going to drop the puck and I'll talk to you next stoppage or I'll get you at the end of the period. Right. Cause, uh, and obviously like a lot of us are doing games where we don't get a nice cut in between periods. Yep. Now, if we are doing a, a game with a nice cut, like, Hey coach, I'll get you at the end of the period or, Hey, I'll get you at the start of the next one. Yep. Kind of thing. Um, let them cool off before you go over there. Cause heck, Two whistles later, when you go to talk to them, they've probably already forgotten what they were mad about. Right. Now, another tactic, right? Let's say the coach is up on the boards or up on the bench. Go to the far side of the bench and be like, you come here. Yeah. Make him come to you or her come to you. That way there, you have pulled their authority from them. Now they're not talking down to you. Right. So, and you know, and if they refuse to get down, say, bye, I'm out. Yeah, we're not doing this. Yeah, don't and and that's what I'd say. Like they refuse to get down or something like that. You know, that's where you just walk away. Right? Yeah. I, I think a lot of folks make the mistake there. Of at that point, it's like, well, I'm giving you a bench minor, right? Like, don't. There's no point in in it at that point. At that point, if you can walk away yeah. from the conversation and they leave it when you walk away, okay, that's fine. We're good. That's that's part of knowing communication, right? That the other part of communication is knowing when it's time to stop talking and walk away. Yep. And, and obviously, right. We're not taking forever. We're not giving them a dissertation. You know, it's quick, concise, give them the who, what, where, why, and move on. And yep. then if all else fails, bench minor, right? right now with USA hockey, we have the, we have the glorious rule that once we give them a bench minor, the next time it's a game, it's just bye-bye. Right. Which is really nice that we don't have to go back up the ladder. Right. So, um, so that's that with the, uh, communication aspect. Ooh, now another fun one, hope versus courage and then artist versus scientist. I love the art science thing. Okay. Well, hope versus courage is one of my favorites. Nice. So don't put yourself in a position where you have to hope something goes your way. Um, oh man, I, oh, I screwed up there. I hope they don't score. Oh, I hope, I hope I made the right call. I hope he or she doesn't yell at me for what I just did. Now, a good example of, of a hope versus courage thing. Um, I forget who was telling me this, but they drop a center ice face off as a referee in a, a pro game. It, uh, it hits the shaft of the center goes straight to the D-man. The D-man breaks down the ice, and all he's thinking about is, oh, my God, I hope he doesn't score because it's my fault he ended up with the puck because of how I dropped it. Instead of having the courage there, he's like, I, I should have blown the play dead. Right. Even a center ice face-off, right? Um, on a bad face-off, whether you're a referee dropping the puck at center or a linesman, if you have a bad face-off and you don't like it, and even if it takes you a second to process, oh crap, that was messed up. Just blow the whistle. Don't make it yeah. a habit. Let's get our face-offs right. Um, but don't be afraid to blow the whistle. 
goalie knocks the net off with under two minutes left in the third. Have the balls to call the penalty shot. Right? Right. The you know, and this and that yeah. one's tough, right? I like I like how you bring that one because that one is tough because that's one of those talk we can go back to like sometimes a penalty, always a penalty, never a penalty, right? Mm-hmm. And that's one of those um obviously the and, rule says it has to be deliberate. Right, it has to be deliberate, right? But and it's gonna be is, let's be honest, it's gonna right? be deliberate. Yeah, like where where's the you know? But at the same time, it's like, hey, is he is he deliberately kicking the net the net off? Right? Are the squirt pegs in? The guy knows it. Okay, have you been telling him all game? Like, hey man, it's the squirt pegs. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I just it's just one of those things where that's a tough. But you're right. Like, but that's but have the balls to call it. You know, yep. when when that happens, have the balls to call yep. it. I mean, and and it just comes down to the integrity of the game and having the courage to put your arm in the air or give a big washout or point at the net, you know, whatever it is, have courage. Don't hope. If you start hoping your way through a game, you shouldn't be on that game. Right. All right, Nat. Artist for scientists. Man, artist for scientists, right? So my big thing on this one is, so you got to be a scientist first, right? You got to know the, you got to know the rules. You got to know the book. Um, but the difference between an artist and a science and a scientist, right? So we're, you know, if you follow the book to a T, you'll be there all day and no one's going to enjoy the fact that you're just standing at center ice, putting someone in the box. Yep. Well, you uh, turn into a robot, right? Right. Exactly. Uh, and, and hockey's emotional, right? The, yep. the whole point is people are out, they're, they're playing hard. Uh, it's a physical game especially uh you know especially at the levels that that a lot of folks work it's emotional game Mm -hmm. so you have to not only have that science foundation right you gotta you gotta be able to to create you gotta be able to paint your picture and be the artist you gotta create the game that you want to see and you have to you know, you, you have to be able to manage the game into that, right? We want a fair game, uh, but this is the way that I want to call the game. This is the way the players want to play the game. Uh, and as long as as you have your your tools and your rule book, you have the science down. Now the art starts to be okay. How do I apply all of those all of those rules, all of the scientific knowledge that I have to be able to uh, have this game go as fairly as possible? Um, yeah, yeah. It just and and the, the the folks who win win the game based upon uh, based upon the rules uh, that are put forth. And yep. I think that's a uh, well, this is something that a lot of folks have a tough time. Well, it's with, it's a know? struggle, right? Because right. like, I know plenty of artists and I know plenty of scientists. Yeah. Um, but the ref best referees are the guys in the middle of that. Right. Like yeah. if if you're a robot or a, a scientist. And you're calling the game exactly the same way, following the rulebook to a T. That's not a bad thing. Like it's not the worst thing in the world. I, I've seen far worse referees than that. Right. But then it makes it like you don't have any feel. Right. For the game. But then if you're full, if you go full artist and you're just feeling your way through the game and kind of maybe you don't, you're covering your own ass for not knowing the rulebook. Right. Like you can still make it through a game and paint a beautiful picture. But did you do the game justice by, by doing it that way? No, you, you got to find that balance. Right. You know, and, and I know we know plenty of those guys that it's like, I don't know the rule book well enough, you know, yep. and they kind of guess their way around it and they call some penalties that they shouldn't have, or they make something up, you know, to keep someone happy. Uh, and they call something a minor that it's like, dude, that doesn't even apply there. Yep. Right. And that's one of those, but <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. just a, pop, a thought popped in my head. So years ago, I was at a camp, and one of the uh, NHL guys from the room, he's he doesn't work the league anymore. He retired. But he said, "Hey guys, uh, you know how I made it to so many Stanley Cup finals?" And we're like, "I don't know." So guys are just throwing stuff out. And he goes, "All of you are wrong. I made it to so many Stanley Cup finals because I didn't call any rules that I didn't know." <laughs> but. Wait. And yeah. now granted that worked for that guy and, and he had a great career and all that. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but you know, that's way too much artist. Right. And it's hard. It, it And that only works. That guy only works uh, as long as his art works. As soon as 
Oh, as soon as thing. this Picasso turns into a finger painting. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> as, as soon as the line brawl happens, as soon as that stuff kind of like, yep. as soon as something that he needs the science behind to figure it out, they're done, right? That's yep. when they're that's when they're asking everybody else. I don't but, even know what to call uh, luckily, it. Luckily, this guy was a damn good referee, so it never and, came to that. But right. at the lower levels, right, like we yeah. might not necessarily have that skill set that, that that gentleman had. Right. So finding your balance of artists versus scientists is a huge thing because you need to have that knowledge of the rule book, how to apply it, but also feel your way through the game to where you're not micromanaging the entire game. Because that's right. really what, you know, being a scientist comes down to. Yep. So then in conclusion on our advanced referee um, uh, topic for the night, right. be humble, be coachable, learn how to take your evaluations. I mean, obviously, those are three things we really didn't talk about, actually. And then um, remember, it's not personal. Right. Um, but these are things that when we're learning our advanced judgment, there's going to be some uh, there's going to be some growing pains. Um, so always be humble, be coachable, learn, learn how to take your evaluations. Remember that it's not personal. Right. We're not attacking you as a person if we said, hey, Nat, you know, not your best game tonight. Um, right. your rule application, this, that, and the other thing, or your position, it's not personal. And then always learn, you, you know, we, there's plenty of access to hockey on TV, NHL, NCAA, minor pro junior, like you name it. Now it's on the internet, whether it be through NHL network, whatever America, I think AHL TV, uh, flow hockey live barn, right? Yep. If you have access to watch and you want to watch hockey, watch hockey. But then make sure we're taking what we're seeing and we apply it to the rule set that we're working in and our own skill set. Because what works for me, it doesn't work for Nat, doesn't work for, you know, JP or, um, let's see, trying to think of some other first names I can throw out there. Yeah. Um, hi, JP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, you're right. Like, you got to find out what works for you. And, and that's all good. And it's just being a student of the game. It's being, Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, and I think it's, it's, it's a, an important part of all this stuff. So, yeah, so that's kind of that. I don't know what you guys think about that. That's it, something that, you know, like I said, Ross and I have been throwing around. Um, let us know, you know, uh, if you like it, if you don't, um, you can discuss anything you guys want to. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Facebook going, right? So throw stuff in there and, and we'll respond when I, uh when i upload these we're going to include the powerpoint presentation yeah um if you guys find any spelling errors <laughs> uh definitely correct me on those because i'm not yeah. the best speller <laughs> right but um but no this is just like kind of general stuff that nat and i grew up doing through the odp and just the usa hockey development pro uh, development in in general back in the, you know the 2000s and yeah, like we we had first started back. Remember when we went to the new standard? You know, right. back when um, the NHL. Oh man, back uh, back like like that started with the NCAA with the like you know oh, the obstruction. Hey, yeah, the obstruction stuff, and that hold, was like hold, you hold up the O. Yeah, yeah, obstruction yeah, exactly. hooking. <laughs> right, and it was suddenly like wow. There's a, you know that that man that was twenty some that was twenty I years know. ago, right? Been, where it was like, uh, so 17 because we came the new standard of enforcement was the 2005-2006 nhl season because yeah. that was the year coming out of the lockout because yes if you yes. ever on nhl network they'll some you know they'll show the, like the 2004 stanley cup finals their guys hooking holding slashing and whacking out there and they ain't calling shit right exactly that was the like you know you pick and choose oh, what penalty not, you want to call he's not bleeding he's alive yeah. he kept the puck i'm yeah. not calling it right <laughs> so it, yeah and then you watch a game from 0506 when they first started back and like the first part of the season it was hooking 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 holding slash hook like yeah. that's all it was and the right. players were like okay we got to figure this out because we're sick of um you know sitting in the box <laughs> right and obviously the game's evolved since then and it's where it's at now and we're trying to I guess really the big thing now is that like big hit mentality, right? We, you want the big hits, but you want them to be clean. Yeah. 
I um, mean, that that's I think that's we're going to see a lot of that start to go uh, go away. Right. The, the what we used to think of, hey, man, someone's got their head down coming through the neutral zone. I think a lot of that stuff's going to start disappearing. Right. You know, yep. the those calls that we used to, you know, that that we used to say play on good hit. Don't put your head down in the neutral zone, you know, catching the puck. Um, now, if someone is, I mean, now that'd be considered head hunting, right? Like a defenseman, yeah. like, oh yeah, that guy's got his head down. He's about to get the puck. He doesn't know that I'm about to clean his clock. That doesn't yeah. exist that, you know, at least at the, the youth yeah, hockey the, those, level. Those Scott Stevens hits from the, yeah, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, you know, those don't exist anymore. Yeah. Right. That stuff is, it's just not there. Um, and especially like on the USA hockey side, stick on puck, stick on puck, stick on right. puck. Absolutely. So. Well, again, it's Labor Day weekend. We're dropping the puck. I hope you're ready to go. I mean, we both skated last weekend, but yeah, it it is go time. My legs were rubber at the end of the, you know, my legs are rubber. My feet are all blistered up. So, you know, that stuff's going to, going to heal up nicely. Oh yeah. Uh, But good luck to everyone going up into there. I know that, um, you know, USHL camps going this weekend, right? Traditionally in Labor Day, probably. And uh, Uh, yeah, I think they were this past week. I'm not sure. But either way, you know, best of luck to, I mean, pretty much obviously everybody out there, right? All of our officials working our Labor Day tournaments, everybody gearing up for whether it be, uh, you know, the NHL guys go to training camp in a couple of weeks or yeah. You know, anywhere on down, American League, Coast, Fed, yeah. NCAA, you know, like all NCAA, that kind of the stuff, Canadian right? Major Junior Leagues, like it's go time for everybody. Yeah. Um, cool. And it, it, you know, every year hockey gets better. The skill level of the players keeps getting better, which means keep, the skill yeah. level of the officials needs to get better. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we have to be able to provide the highest level of officiating that we possibly can. Yeah. To the guys that are out there. So absolutely. And you know, uh and if we can do our part to help it to help make you all better, um absolutely. that's certainly what our goal here is, right? Absolutely. Yeah, man. And this isn't gonna be what we do every single time, right? Like we're gonna be back with our normal interviews and, and some other stuff. This is just something that uh you know we're we're kicking around for um yeah, I figure yeah. you know, we're probably gonna be doing an interview maybe one episode like this every three episodes. Yeah. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll get all, we'll get that schedule all figured yeah. out for everybody and kind of keep you all uh, in yeah. the know of what's going on. Uh, we do have some, we have a few guests lined up, so we're good to go there. And um, yeah, well, you know what? It's time to drop the puck on the 2023, 2024 hockey season, Man. which I Already. isn't it's just a weird thing to say too, right? Because I think I started in oh two oh three or oh three oh four was my first yeah. year. 90, so. 93, 94 was my first season, so this one's weird for me. Oh, uh, yeah. oh man. Oh, oh man. my god. Yeah, right. You got you got pairs of underwear older than the midgets. I know. <laughs> my skates are older than the midgets, man. I gotta get new skates. Bro, get some skates. <laughs> Dude, they don't come with steel anymore. I'm so cheap. Uh, okay okay major swanson yeah i know i don't want to talk about it but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah man well everyone um good luck in the season keep staying with us uh skate hard you know do the best you can if you need anything ross and i are here yep Uh, absolutely and with that we will catch you all on the next episode of the team stripes podcast thanks for listening